Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. I had just left my office when I got the call. Really nasty homicide downtown. Didn't really know what I was walking into. It was like something out of a motion picture. I got down there, and it was a face I hadn't seen in a few weeks. Detective Lane was back, kneeling over what looked like a young lady's body. Detective Schreiber was there, too. Was, was I the one late to the party this time? It was a gruesome scene. It was that young lady that was in my office the week before. I could still, I could still smell her perfume. And all I could see was... Looked like she had been clubbed over the head with a block of ice. Looks like her finger was spelling out the word Zodiac. And just like that, we're back for the next episode of the Red. <laughs> <laughs> I got the shittiest look from my fiance just now. <laughs> Man, we're back for the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. Was welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With us back after his long journey in the briny deep of Final Fantasy XIV, Adam Lane, welcome back. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. And we've got now permanent detective on the case. He's been my partner in crime the last few weeks, or partner in fighting crime. John Schreiner, say hey to everyone. Hey, everybody. And, of course, saving the best for last, super special guest, our friend, no stranger to the podcast, and also newest member of the North American Worlds team. That would be Cody Snodgrass, or Dakota, if you're nasty. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Glad to have you, as always, sir, as always. But, um, man, what a week. I, have, I definitely have the, uh, the hangout hangover with everybody. That's, uh, that's just the only thing that sucks about having these, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, these big events. We, we, we eventually have to leave, right? And that's the worst part. But it was a great weekend, absolute great weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Gen Con, which we'll we'll get to. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take up the bulk of our episode this week talking about just the events, just everything that was going on that weekend. Just, you know, just it was just perfect. It was a very perfect weekend. Um, but we've also gotten some really neat things that have happened in the last couple of days since Gen Con. But you know, I don't want to dive in yet, guys. How are y'all doing, Adam? No one's heard your voice, at least on the podcast, in a few weeks. Um, Cody, you're always welcome to be on our podcast. And John, we missed you this weekend. How, we'll start with you, John. How are you? How much Fire Emblem did you play this weekend? <laughs> I had Fire Emblem on one screen and uh, Gen Con on the other. So I, I was a stream monster, an avid, an avid watcher, and a cheerleader for all you guys. But, you know, I, it hurt not being there. It's always, it's always tough to be the guy at home. You know, it's true. That is very, very true. And Cody, Cody, how, how, how was your, how was your champions welcome home? I saw you got this neat little, uh, this little, like almost like a print. It had like Chocobo, it had you on it. That, that was actually really cool to see. Oh man, it, it was great to come home to that. Uh, my roommate, his girlfriend, they were cheering me on from back here at home. Um, uh, I don't know how they put that together so fast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was very nice <laughs> to get, no, go oh, ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, please, please, please chant, please. Uh, pardon me for interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like a hand-drawn chocobo. Uh, and then I guess, I don't know if she photoshopped the 
the image of me playing against McGinty in the finals onto the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Very cool and a very nice frame and everything. So got to get that hung up on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're going we're to talk more about that match as well as all of your other ones, you know, in our main mm-hmm. topic today. And again, we're so glad to have you. Now, Adam, t- tell everybody what you've been up to. I mean, obviously we know Final Fantasy fourteen has been been your, your big thing, but what have you been doing these last few weeks? Uh, really just that, honestly. I mean, I guess other than playtesting for Gen Con, mm-hmm. uh, letting up to it. Um, yeah, which and then settling on that. very yeah. well. Settling on a deck that I couldn't figure out how to beat, but apparently Cody knew how to beat, so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And again, we'll we'll dive more into all of that here coming up real soon. But you know what, Adam, you've been gone for a while, but some things never change. Kind of like war and fallout, never changes. Adam, we're getting ready to go somewhere, somewhere you haven't been in a while. Somewhere everyone's very familiar with. I'm going to give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Do you know where we're going? Uh, Battlegrounds. I haven't been there in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, something like that. Close. I mean, you're so (laughs) close you can taste it. But it's the news. All right, so first up, we got to see... uh, I want to say these were posted either last night or today. Um... We've got the uh, the first little bit of spoilers from the new starter deck. The was it knights versus wraiths? I believe is what they're calling it, or heroes versus wraiths, something like that. Something like um, that. I think mean, that's right. Yeah. So they they show they sh- they've shown four of the additional cards in the, in addition to cloud of darkness again, which that card was spoiled back when we first saw the saw the starter deck and the full art cards that were included. Um, so today they showed, I believe, an ace, a Terra, a Shantoto, and a Kefka. We're going to go down the line and talk about it because I think they're all pretty interesting. Uh, Adam, go ahead and let's, uh, I think, believe, let's start with Ace, I believe. I have Shantoto up first. So that, that's you know, what I'm going to start with Shantoto. We're going reverse alphabet. <laughs> let's go nuts. So, so she's a 9 CP, 9K, uh, Cat 11, obviously. Uh, if you get your opponent controls seven or more characters, uh, the cost of players is reduced by three. And then when she uh, enters the field, you choose one of two. You can either choose a character, cost three or less in your break, and play it onto the field. Or you can choose a character, cost three or less your opponent controls, and break it. I think the card's pretty neat. Um, now she does say character of three or less in your on your break and play it onto the field. Yep. So she I mean, can play that's backup. a pretty good way to get like a backup, like, like a searcher or something like that, and she's not color locked. Um, I think the card's really neat. Um, definitely a, a great title card for the eleven deck for sure. Um, the, the the only unfortunate thing is boy boy oh boy is that name clash rough. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, the uh, name clash is tough, and it's expensive. I mean, you're going to be playing this thing for six more times than not. Yeah, seven's a lot of characters, so that means you can't really ever play this remotely early. Mm-hmm. You're you're assuming your your opponent has, like, five backups and two forwards. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, you're probably not ahead. Pretty and much. I and and I, yeah, and I don't know play, if breaking play, a character play. cost three or less matters enough. I mean, she's interesting, though. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be kind of cool yeah, if you I could do both. Neat. And mm-hmm. Phoenix kind of does both of those things for seven. Exactly. Exactly. Cody, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think if my opponent has seven characters on the board, that's usually when I'm trying to activate the, the OG Shantoto, like the Opus mm-hmm. one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm not, I think the name Clash will prevent her from seeing play and Constructed, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. 
So nothing right, nothing lighting the world on fire there. Adam, what's up next? So the next one's Kefka. So four CP EX burst, seven K cat six. Uh, when he when he attacks, choose a forward. You control, choose a forward. Opponent controls. You break them both. And then whenever a character opponent controls is put from the field into the break zone, you may pay one. Uh, when you do so, draw a card. I actually really like this card. Um, he, I, I like the second ability more than the first one, just because um, you know it, it's a it gives Earth some card draw, a, a nice a, a potential card draw engine, assuming he lives, obviously. It's a, it's a very mentor, like almost like a reverse mentor of the meek style card from Magic. Um, I, I think he's good if you can abuse him, but if you can't, I think he's just very average because you, you, are, you do have to have a forward of your own to sacrifice or to, to choose before, you know, you, you just can't have nothing and pick their stuff, you know what I mean? Or you'd have to lose Kefka. Um, I think he's neat, though. I, I I think he has some upside. I think if you're playing like an Earth Ice Six deck or an Earth Fire deck with like Saban, I think that's really neat. Or if you're playing again Earth Ice Six with um with like Setzer with the Exit ability or Ghost that you can just sack and get back on the next turn. Like I, I think there's some neat things you can do with him, but I, I think he's very much a if you're ahead, he feels great. So I don't know. I think he's neat. It's, it's a card I want to try out for sure. But what do you guys think? Uh, I I think he's people are overrating him a tad bit. Um, a lot of people are comparing him to Fanfret, and I think that's an unfair comparison. Big time. Um, he doesn't work exactly like Fanfret. If this comes off the top, you, like you said, you need to have a forward out too for this mm-hmm. to even trigger. Uh, I do think his second effect is really really cool though. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that will trigger whenever your opponent breaks a backup to use an ability or anything mm-hmm. like that. And now you can just pay one to draw a card. It's pretty sweet. Um, the fact that he's all, all bursts is kind of a plus. But I do think he's a tad slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really interested to see what people come up with him. I'm kind of medium on him right now, but I think he's a really neat card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely one I want to try. Because I, especially in Mono Earth, I like, I like him in conjunction with a card like Arden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's so cool. But- he just does like some really interesting stuff. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what the theme is on a lot of these cards, mm-hmm. these starter cards. Just like he's his ability is, like you said, it's one of those ones where like somebody can come up with a deck where this guy just does a lot of stuff, like just is popping off. Mm-hmm. Oh, think... oh, Miley Cyrus Kefka. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you think there, Cody? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's kind of a a build around card. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what somebody can come up with. Uh, the second effect, like Adam said, is. My my thing that I really like about it, uh, outside of the art, of course, I love the art. <laughs> <laughs> that face oh, yeah. is great. It, it's a Kefka that actually like legit feels like Kefka. I feel like he's just taunting you on his card. So <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Like it, it's cool. I'm I'm glad to see another forward Kefka that's not like. I'm glad to see a forward Kefka that's not like super specific to something. You know what I mean? Like a Skittles Kefka every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or or like yeah, or like something where it's like uh, you gotta be playing monsters, or you gotta do something super, super, super specific for him to even be useful. This is yeah. just like a dude you can play and like you know. His category is also super relevant, right? I mean, it's cat six. Yeah, um, of course. Of maybe course. there's maybe there's a, a deck that exists after this releases where you're playing like Emperor Gastal and a mm-hmm. Cam and searching chaos and playing this in Fire Ice. Uh, that might be too janky, but mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because like I said, I, I feel like if you can get like him, like him and Sabin online, I, I feel like that's just one of those kind of like, hey, if you can't kill these guys, they're just gonna kind of hate fuck you out of the game. But, yeah, I guess like all the combos I can think of currently are kind of expensive, and they feel like I'm already yeah. winning. That's kind of where exactly. I'm at. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's kind of like the uh, it almost feels like the the Sabin shock trooper shenanigans, right? It it, it feels mm-hmm. almost like that. But but it's all right. But it's, it's you know he's searchable. He's Cat Six. He's Kefka. We love him. Who's next? Uh, next is Terra. It's another yeah. EX first uh, category six forward. She's a four CP five K. Uh, when changes the field, you choose a summon in your break zone. You add it to your hand. Uh, when you cast a summon, you choose a four. Opponent controls and deal at two thousand damage. Um, I actually like this card a lot. Um, there there is some downside to it. I mean, obviously it's a red card, so she's a four CP five K. Um, but also she's a red card. This is the first um Terra that we've seen that hasn't been ice or light. So I think isn't she? Isn't this the first character that's across three elements now? Mm, Cecil, right. No. Yes, I think. Oh yeah, Cecil is in three elements. You're right because we got the wind Cecil in the last starter. Yeah, Zidane too. Zidane has light. Um, oh wind, yeah, water. So there water. You go. Yeah. So but, there you go. Yeah. So now we've got another one in the club. Um, and I think her ability is really, really relevant. Right. Um, being able to get a, she's like the uh, the fire black mage, but except this one, she's not color locked. She's not cost locked. You just play or get something out of your break zone. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a a worse porum. Or something, but this one is when it comes into play. And if you're playing Fire Ice Six, why not slap one or two of these in there, play it? Oh, just get back this Belias and swing for game. Um, and also you have you're sitting on you know Glacias that do nine K, which seems pretty good too. Um, I, I think it's neat. I think it's a solid card overall. I mean, yeah, she's a she she's a small body that costs you four, but you know she's not lighting the world on fire. But I think she's a good card. So, I mean, people play Marsh, right, who's a 4CP, mm-hmm. 5K, EX Burst, who gives you a fire card from the top four, and, like, there's something to be said about getting the next forward, hopefully, usually, right, or backup, mm-hmm. but, I mean, <laughs> if there's a great fire summon in your break zone, you know exactly what you want to get, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason you wouldn't play this card. She also does something when she's on the field, unlike Marsh. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty relevant something in a deck where fire seems to have it's all burn, but it's all just a little under where it needs to be, just a little under curve, and mm-hmm. that really helps all their removal. So I don't know. I think that like again, I'm not really playing any mono fire decks right now, but I'm sure that something like the Ifrit deck that uh, the Hobby Japan stuff were playing on stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're gonna put this right in there, and I think that she could be interesting in like some of those bomb decks. Yeah, yeah. I, th- no, I, I agree. Think again, the Belias bias is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she's actually extremely good. Um, like she had to be costed four, right? If this thing costs three or two, it'd be really dumb. Oh, she'd be insane. Um, I mean, I'm not asking for Porum here. I don't really think that she's that. <laughs> we don't need another one of those either. I think you can take the Terra from last set though and just rip it up and throw it in the trash. I think this card's like 50 times better than that card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the fact that this happens on cast. So, like, her, the other copy was, like, a static, like, field ability that just buffed your damage of your summons. The yeah. fact that this doesn't have to be attached to a damaging summon is great. The fact that this yeah. stacks, and it doesn't matter if you kill her post-stack, is great. Uh, the fact that it's burst is great. 
The fact that it's not color locked is great. I think she's just a, a sick card. Um, I love that she's fire. Yeah, I, I yeah, actually think I she's a really she's sick fire. fire card. Also, it makes think... more sense that she's fire, dude. She is the fire magic. Like, she mm-hmm. literally naturally learns only fire spells. Yeah, I Why think fire is actually really, really close to being really good. Like, it's the last couple there. sets. Yeah, we've gotten some really, like, cloud. Between cloud and, and the phoenixes and this card and mm-hmm. marsh, I think it's getting really close mm-hmm. um, to being, like, it's not, like really, really good. And I think Nick's, has, Nick's deck already is good. And so I think I think this probably slots in there fine. Um, and like like I said, the fact that it's not color locked opens up possibilities for like fire X stuff too. So, so so you're saying Constable Chanel is close to cracking this cracking the case on Mono <laughs> Fire? Huh? I think he's very close. Actually, I do think he's very close. We said he's down. He's in the forge, man. He's working twenty four seven, tanking away. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the Cody, you... set up. <laughs> exactly, Cody. What do you think of Tara, man? Uh, I like her. Uh, turns a lot of these smaller ifrits that you don't see a lot of play uh, into like actual mm-hmm. like kill spells. For instance, like the two CP ifrit from Opus Two. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like Katuna and Terra down, that's a two drop two drop eight K to a forward. That's pretty nine nine K, right? Katuna plus Terra nine K. Does that become nine? Oh, that becomes nine K. Yeah, it's a six K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that says deal with two thousand damage. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I like this card a lot. It's sad to see her leave ice behind, um, but <laughs> most of us uh, mono ice players weren't giving her any love anyhow. So it's true, and of course, moving, again, we super relevant, <laughs> super relevant category, super relevant effect. I'm in, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And Adam, let's go over the last one. So the last one's another ace backup. Uh, it's a two CP type zero. Is it cadet? Uh, when he enters the field, you select one of two, choose a forward opponent controls, deal a five k. Uh, you may pay three. When you do so, choose one forward opponent controls, deal at 9,000 damage. Okay, hold on. I want to take the reins on this one. Just because as soon as I saw this card, the my immediate thought, I'm sure you guys have the same thing, before you even read it, you go, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Right? Yep. You okay. made another ace backup. Oh my god. Okay, well, what's it do, right? And then as I read the card, I was like, wait, this is actually great. A+, plus. good job. He has nothing to do with cadets. Mm-hmm. It's just a good, like it's a nuke on a on a fire backup. Yeah, this card is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this card's awesome. Um, it's a bad cadet, right? Like you said, but it's a great fire card. Yep. Um, you're not good. gonna play this anywhere. <laughs> like that's to a cadet deck, but that's yeah, exactly I, what they want. <laughs> I I think now the fact that I think we can finally just take VV back of VV out of our deck and probably run forward VV again. Yeah. Um, this kind of replaces that. You lose the burst, but you also gain the ability to pay the five and deal with something 9k if you have to, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty awesome. And then sometimes you just play him, right? Turn one and you don't care. So yeah. I, I think he's great. Yeah, I agree with all that. It's, uh, it's, it, it is kind of a, a card where you can, if you want to just pay two and kill something small, you can. If you want to pay five to pretty much kill whatever you want. And again, we talked about that the other week with Emperor Gestalt. Being able to just kind of kill something for 5 CP on a backup is a pretty good rate. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in fire. Yeah, especially in fire. When and, and 9 is a good number. Now, and if you have a Roha on the board, can you increase that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yep. See? He deals 6 and 10. And that, there's just yeah. like the flexibility on that. Like, this is exactly the kind of thing fire doesn't get. Fire normally gets super punished. And this is a perfect modal fire backup. 
yeah, it, it's great. And again, like Adam said, it's something if you just have it turn one, eh, you know what? It's fine. Whatever. It's, it's, it's a, it, this card is what this is again, this is one of those cards that fire needs and they're just, they're just getting one step closer to being like super legit consistently. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I like this card quite a bit. Um, I think it's a card that you can play without having other cadets, which I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you guys have pretty much covered. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like Adam said, sometimes it's just a two-drop backup, and sometimes it can remove a big threat on the board. Seems pretty good to me. So is it enough to make you switch away from them baby blues to those those sweet fire engine reds? Oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> that took a lot more than that. Uh, this card deals with some like some annoying like little aggro cards, too. Uh, sort of like mm-hmm. Adele, um, some stuff like that that are little 5Ks. Mm-hmm. It's almost... It kind of reminds me a little bit of like Black Mage and Lightning that you see sees quite a bit of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if your opponent goes turn one Zidane, the water one, you just play this turn one. And mm-hmm. The threat's dealt with, and you've earned a backup. Yeah, yeah, it feels real good. Yep. And then like and then like we were saying, you can just go right back. Uh, I think I think it's time for uh, maybe Trevor's uh, investment will pay out because remember he bought all of those forward Zidanes for like what uh, like ten cents a piece. Yeah, he Yo, bought forwards. Yeah. yeah, he bought Legend VVs for like ten cents a pop. Yeah, <laughs> now, now, now it's his time to return. Perfect. St- start the start the Chris Jericho countdown. VV is coming back. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. But I think that was it. Um, they did again. They did show the Cloud of Darkness, but we have talked about that card before. I think it's neat. Um, don't want to spend too much time on that because I didn't read it. I don't remember what it does, but I know it has something about removing cards from the game. She gets a thousand power. <laughs> For each card removed from the game by her effect, and when she dies, you get to take one of those cards and put it in your hand, and then the rest go to your break zone, I believe. I don't know what it does, but here's what it does. All right. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but let me read you the card. <laughs> there, well, that, that was that was off the top of the head. That was just off the cob. I don't have. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that's right. But that's yeah, pretty it close. Sounds right. Sounds yeah, right. That's, uh, it's uh, pretty much yeah. <laughs> our, our memory's kicking in. We slept pretty much all day today, and we we're we're back. We're, we're revived. So. That's it for those, and I, I'm pretty sure there's a few more um, starter cards because what they only, I mean, really, we only saw what one villain. And well, so typically, there's three and three, right? Or no, yeah. maybe maybe there is more, right? Yeah, so because we obviously they're going to show on Unite in the next group, and there's got to be what? Oh well, yeah, there's well, got to be four more. There's got to yeah. be four yeah. more. Yeah. We just saw uh, red and uh, yellow. Yep. Mm-hmm. So are they yeah, are so... they considering? Kefka like a good guy in the set? No, I I no, think Kefka, yeah, uh, he's uh I think they're I considering Shantoto a bad guy in this okay, set. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know what the elements were on the two starter decks. Or mm-hmm. the two. But it's not <laughs> even it's like wraiths versus whatever, right? Or some some weird I believe it's fire, wind, and earth water. Oh, okay. So so we saw um parts from different decks. Because we've seen the Phoenix and the Diabolos, right? And the and the full Cecil. And but, the Cecil. But there's also but there's also full art chicken lightning in this. So lightning. Oh, so it's earth light yeah, so it's earth lightning, fire, wind. I it is so. uh so Cecil though is is he a bad guy, I guess, Dark Cecil? I guess they're well, considering I mean, yeah. it in the dark deck, yeah. Or the bad guy deck, yeah. Mm-hmm. This this could this could be anything goes though. That might yeah. not be like a good guy's versus That is true. And if it's anything like the last two player set, the, the decks actually weren't like from a from just a a purely like brand new to the game. If you wanted to kind of if you didn't have a lot of cards and wanted to dive into a competitive event, the deck wasn't terrible. 
-hmm. Like it actually had some things going for it where you could take it to like a small, like local event and play it and not feel terrible Mm -hmm. about it. So maybe these decks are kind of built the same way. I mean, you're already getting Phoenixes, Cecils, and Diaboluses. You're you're almost there. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. I'm I'm really excited. I believe that that full product comes out September, like September 9th or September 13th. For some reason, I I remember that date because uh, I know I pre-ordered it from uh, Cards of Evilise. Let me just yeah, take but... a stab in the dark here. <laughs> it just hits the exact date again. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. It, it, just off like the top of my head. Exactly. I mean, uh... yeah, it's like a gift. It's like I can't turn it off. But that's all right. I'm really excited about it. I really like those cards. I'm mostly excited uh, about Terra and Kefka. That, that's not a Final Fantasy VI bias at all. <laughs> but we'll see. Guilty. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> next up, next piece of news we have is uh, there was also another event that took place this weekend over in Germany, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, I believe. It was the next uh, Grand Open that was won by uh, Evan Tanguy. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. I'm going super phonetically on this one. Yeah, I think that's right, but I'm not 100% I'm, I'm going to give it to you. We'll just call him we'll Evan. How about that? So, there we go. Big e. call him Evan. I, yeah, he, he, won with, uh, he won with Mono Lightning, um, which is definitely his, uh, you know, that, that's his, his color of choice. Seems like that's all I've ever seen him play. Um, and it was uh, runner-up for that event was Robert Phillips. Uh, you actually can find a nice little write-up from him about his matchups. And you can see his deck list and all the deck lists from Top 16 on FF Decks. Um, Seems like it was a pretty good event. Um, let's talk about his deck first, guys. What? What? Do you, um, I know he specifically said his deck was kind of tailored to beat Wind Water. Um, and every time his his biggest like his his best lead off was Nashu Hildebrand, which seems really good at the moment because it, it just it a lot of a lot of the um like the early removal you know things like Famfrit Veritas. That's just a good way to stave off early aggression, but all that does is just bounce Hildebrand back to your hand. Yeah, and I mean, he's coming back down again to swing. So, what do you, what do you guys think about his deck and you know his assessment on on the car on his card choices? Yeah, I mean, Hildebrand's been good for two sets now, right? Like once Veritas yeah. came out and everybody's playing mm-hmm. Mono Water and Fanfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that's really changed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. even more now, so that makes a ton of sense. I, I think his deck makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, I understand why it performed well. I'm just surprised that the event itself, I didn't see as much of like the wind water deck that we saw here. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like he had to go through a lot of mono wind. Yeah, even Robert wind. Phillips was on mono wind, which, you know. Yeah, which is odd. interesting to me. I, I do think it's still good, but. Yeah, they had tons. I think it was the most represented deck at the tournament was mono wind. Mm-hmm. And Monolating yeah. had seven decks. I, I think Wind Water was actually under Monolating also. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I, I think the three Vikings is probably the most interesting. Or the three Goblins, not Vikings. God. Three oh. Goblins are probably the most interesting thing to me. Dude, I think everything dude, else home, just makes Homeless Zidane is definitely uh, <laughs> showing up in Mono Lightning decks. He's, he's there. He's crab people now. He's, I, I, I guess just getting those, those early cards is just... Is it just that important to the deck, or...? So, uh, I played against it, actually, a bunch last night. Alex was, like, super curious. He he wanted to play it and kind of, you know, play the deck, figure out how it worked for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that... He said he built it to beat Windwater, but it seems like he... And I was saying this to you guys a little bit earlier today. Built it to beat, like, the style that they play over there, like the FFCC Windwater, that has, like, a lot of setup mm-hmm. required. 
um, to get like the Yuri and Shlinka and stuff online, and like I get it because the whole deck is just ready to it's just gas early. It doesn't have much of a late game plan except for Bahamut Zero, which is good. But I was just holding Diabolos to, because you know he has Bahamut Zero. Um, but for the most part, it was like, okay, I'll get the goblins down, or they have the Sid Previa. He plays three Louis Swa and one Alphano and one two-drop Alizé, like, just the backups, just mm-hmm. to ramp, just to, like, slam five backups down. And he gets five backups down every game really fast, and is just kind of, you know, jamming all the three drops and, and just trying to hit the face. But playing, uh, like, Adam's list specifically of Windwater... Uh, I still wound up just milling him most games <laughs> anyway, and like stabilizing on like five or six damage just because of all the fan frits. Like the fan frit that hits the monsters and the forwards is, really stops Goblin from Pretty being good. safe. Yeah, and uh, fan frits in general are just really bad <laughs> for Ilua's and Alba's and oh, things yeah. like that. Um, and honestly, I would just let the Goblin hit me sometimes to just make him draw more cards. Yeah. So yeah, if you're on the mill plan, you love it. You love it when they draw cards. Yeah, it seems like it's a really good call for the mono wind that he's running into and the wind water FSCC stuff over there because it is like it builds really fast. Very aggressive. But uh I don't know if you're gonna see too many people over here playing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was winning with it last set too, right? And nobody else was winning with it as well. I think that's something that for mm-hmm. sure needs to be brought up. Because like I mean he's he's been winning with this since he started playing, basically. And so I don't think it's something you're going to see a lot of people win with other than him. It's, just one, it's like Biff's car, right? That's the analogy. Yeah, hey, nobody can nobody can start it but him. You're damn right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that that's probably going to hold true. I think people will try it. I do think it's a good list. But I think most people that can't see a lot of the lines that he sees are going to have trouble versus a lot of the top-tier decks. That's true. I mean, there's definitely some games where you can tell what's supposed to happen, and then there's just hands where you're like, okay, well, I don't know my way around this at all. And the chances that they play that right are pretty much close to zero. So. Yeah. Yep. Now, now, you know, big congratulations to Evan for winning. It seemed like it was a really, really good event. But there is something else that is a first for the community that happened at this event as well. And, um, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on it, you know, Everyone knows what happened at this point, but we have also seen our first player banning um, at an event. And just, you know, long story short, we were, were talking about cards that were uh, sleeves that were marked in a deck uh, specific on critical EX burst cards. And that was enough to not only warrant a, an immediate disqualification, but I believe a banning for, what, 12 months? I think it was a year, yep. So, guys, what what are your thoughts on this? Um, and I'm not just talking about like obviously the 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 marking of the sleeves is something that that that's you hate to see it, right? You hate to see you know people at that level do things like that. But what do you think as far as the as far as the punishment? Because this is something that has been it, it's been it's it's been a hot button issue, right? The, the gang's coming in hot. It, it's like gun control. Let's <laughs> it, let's get down to Gunther's. Let's get down to Gunther's guns. And figure out what we need to do here. Um, I think that it's important to mention real quick that they said that because of the way that the player behaved when they gave them the penalty, it became a one-year ban. Very interesting. It, it was like not just because of marked cards, 
it was because mm-hmm. they said that the person just like it, it was like their behavior and stuff that warranted um that's interesting yeah, so it seems like there is a little bit more to it than that and also i think that this player is one of a couple who have been on a watch list Okay. Because they are keeping their eye on this is somebody who has uh, been responsible for a couple of the things we've talked about seeing on stream. So, mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. I think it adds up. I don't think like if you show up with, um, not that you would, but you know what I mean. If you know Joe Schmo shows up with some Mark Ex burst at a at a high level event, I don't think they get a one year DQ. Uh, I think you get kicked right out of the event. Probably asked not to play for a bit, but I th- I heard that this was this harsh because of a couple of different circumstances. So, yeah, I mean, so we don't know the we have story. a repeat offender. <laughs> we don't know the whole story right either. Um, so I mean, right. we exactly, don't know like, exactly. how how bad the markings were. I think that's a big thing too. Like if you look back at a previous Magic band that I know I saw, uh, mm-hmm. it was a big deal, which was a uh, Yu Yo, right? Yeah, Yu Yu Watanabe. Um, yep. And he had marked some lands that like were pretty crucial to like the game plan of the deck. Uh, yeah, and Mark- all of his Tron lands were marked. Yeah. So I feel like marking EX burst is probably just as bad as that. <laughs> like being able to know when a burst, especially in in, in a like this meta right now, which is kind of burst heavy, uh, is a big deal. But, and then yeah, because I heard it was Porums and Famfrits that were marked, and Valifors, I believe. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So I mean. I don't want to dwell too much on it either. I think I'm glad that they're paying attention to stuff like this, even if it was only caused by the way he reacted. But obviously, these things need to be punished. I, I think he, at worst, he got he was got DQ'd before even any of that stuff escalated. Right. So I, I'm glad that they're doing that. And I, I think if, if people continue to do stuff like this, I should continue to do stuff like that. So right. So and, and Cody, I'm gonna ask you specifically. Do you think it's a step in the right direction? since the game seems like it is still growing and now we are cracking down on people that are trying to, you know, I don't, I don't, I guess for lack of just a a better way and a longer way to say it, just people that are just blatantly trying to cheat to win. Are you glad to see this kind of stuff starting to happen? And this is from you coming from a Yu-Gi-Oh background. We we all know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, no matter what game you play, there's always eventually, as the game grows, there's going to be players that try and get away with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely, I think it's fine. Uh, the year ban, I think, is, from what I've heard of the story, which we won't go into detail or anything, seems mm-hmm. well-deserved. Um, I know we had a sleeve check at Gen Con, even. Uh, and one of, it was one of my locals, and it was nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to this magnitude. It was just they said that some of his sleeves were thicker or thinner than the others, so they just made mm-hmm. him change. Um, and he behaved; he cooperated completely. Um, got the sleeve changed, and we had no issues. There was no like, but there was obviously no like specific ex mark sleeves or anything like that. So I think this mm-hmm. is well deserved. I think it's fine. Definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree, and and I hope I hope to see more um, proactive deck checks and things like that in the future just to to ensure this stuff doesn't happen because you you hate to see a game become tarnished by things like this and hate to see specific events become tarnished by things like that but you know again it's a step in the right direction and you know just to kind of segue in the last piece of news speaking of step in the right direction player numbers like dci style numbers for players for this game boys 
What do we think? Hooray! Yeah, it's going to be nice to, like, it's nice on a lot of things right now. We can track people that are also being terrible. Um, you can also track yourself when you're doing well. You're able to look up your ranking online, assuming that's where they go. Right? Oh, because, I, hope that's where, I hope that's where they go. Um, I'm, that would be my assumption is that that's what they're prepping for. Right now, it's a little bit in shambles. They're trying to fix. They're trying to upgrade it, which is a great thing. Uh, but it did, like, mess up their software a little bit. But I'm glad that they were kind of transparent as to why um, and that that's what, like, the future holds. And I think it's probably going to be a big part of the next season would be my guess. Well, and I and I hope that's the case, right? Because I, I hope you, because I know one of the things that we talked about last season, and you you definitely have more of a dog in the fight when you grind and you constantly fall short, and you shouldn't finish second at a bunch of events and still fall short, if that makes sense. Or even you shouldn't top four a bunch of events, you shouldn't top eight a bunch of events and still fall short. But having a consistently good season. Having, and this is for, for everybody, you know, having more events, being able to attend more events, but also having, you know, your, your ranking and your, your performance tracked by a number. Maybe we'll start to see a point system where your in, where invites to nationals are no longer up here. You have to finish first at a 40 man tournament or it doesn't matter. Maybe you hit a certain point threshold and now, Hey, guess what? To get to Nats this year, you have to get this point threshold. You can get points by doing such, such, and such. Maybe you'll start seeing a different like level of event. Maybe petite cups get replaced by what is essentially like a, a PPTQ, where local stores can just have these, oh, here's an event this month, here's an event next month, here's an event this week. You have these season-long, smaller events that can give you points so you can play towards nationals at the end. And then you've got your qualifiers, which maybe hold a little more weight, maybe offer more points, maybe still give them that instant qualification. It gives you another way to go, especially if you don't have the ability to play at a bunch of events. Like, you know, I can only play, uh, I, I have a family, I have a wife, I have kids. I can only play three events this year. Oh, there's an LQ. Oh, I won. Cool. I'm going to Nats this year, that kind of thing. So keep that, but just make it, for the people that can't travel or the people that don't have that ability to do so, let them grind, let the grinders grind. And, and I just, I, I, it's exciting if that's the route they're going to take with it. And I, I hope that's the case. Yeah. I really feel like that's where they're going. I hope that's the case too. Yeah. Yeah. I think right now it's just an in infancy. So I think it can only get better from here. Um, yeah. I like you said. I come from a background of Yu-Gi-Oh, and we used to have mm -hmm. um, Kossi IDs, and mm -hmm. like you could check even like your locals would register like your points for like how many wins you got or if you won the tournament, mm -hmm. and you could check your ranking. And then I think maybe like once a year, if you were in the top 500, they would send you a token, um, like in the mail to your house, and it was worth like a ton of money because only the top 500 players would get them, or the top 100. I don't remember exactly where the cutoff was. Um, but I think that's a good way that they could distribute like like a cool promo or something like that, like a full art that you can only get if you were in like a real grinder or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, and, I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, and even like just being a player that's not in California, um, I'm always looking at like the meta potion, like the Warrior of Light, like leaderboards, like the Greg Cole has won mm -hmm. previously. Um, mm -hmm. So it's almost like a thing that we could do like over the entire, like over in North America as a whole. Yeah, it, it has nothing but upside. There, there's, and also too, like you know, 
with with that also comes the fact that if there is somebody like Adam said who is known to do terrible things, they can just now that number that you know what this number is banned for a year or banned for six months or can't do this can't do that. So it's a it's just a great way to keep keep honest people honest keep let the grinders grind. It is it is nothing but upside and I'm really glad to see it and. They can take as long as they need to to work out the kinks to make sure it, it works the way they want it to work. Um, it's it's just all it's all gravy from here. So, now with that being said, I don't have any more headlines this week, guys. Did I did I miss anything? I think that's it. I think you got everything. I think we nailed it. We nailed it off the top of the head again. Um, but now we're just going to kind of move into our main topic, and that is Gen Con. Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con. What a fantastic weekend. I just want to go on record and say that I actually had an absolute better time this year than I did last year. Um, my performance in Final Fantasy wasn't as good as last year, but I just had so much fun like hanging with I, I had more fun hanging with the people in this community out doing other things outside of Final Fantasy than I did sitting across from them at the card table. Um, just if, if you, if you play final fantasy, but you also enjoy just tabletop gaming in general, and you've never been to Gen Con, I highly, highly recommend you make a weekend out of it. I can't say enough good about the event. There, there's a reason it's the pinnacle, the pinnacle event in the gaming community because it never disappoints. And speaking of not disappointing, you know what? We're just we're just we're just gonna let Adam and Cody kind of take over take over the cast here. You know, New World Order style. You know, <laughs> of course, Cody winning the the constructed event, um, going X one, I believe, is how you finished. Yeah, yeah, X one. Yep, and it wasn't just that. You know, we're we're gonna kind of gush for a second here, bud. So not only did you win the constructed event, but your teammate KP Kyle Peters won the sealed event. Well, he got second, so but he was, got his world yeah. invite. Oh, yeah, so who won, who won the event? Oki Oki. Oh. Oki won. Okay, Oki yeah. won, but because he was already qualified that for rascal. I was, I was I was too busy playing My Hero Academia. You're going but, further um, beyond. Oh, uh, plus ultra indeed. <laughs> um, but no, that's cool. So you had a big weekend for your team, Cody. That that's I'm sure that's got to be a, just a great great little cap here for the uh, competitive season for sure. Oh yeah, we were both definitely blown away. Uh, we were unfortunately we were the only two who were able to make it to Gen Con this year. Um, mm-hmm. But being able to clinch both world slots was pretty huge. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely huge. Definitely huge. And um, and you know, not 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 to stop there. You know, Adam, you had a pretty amazing performance this weekend too. Um, made top four in constructed, and you just missed top eight for sealed. Gen Con is typically. Gen Con's been very kind to you these last couple of years. So that that's really good to see. Um, so, you know, we're definitely proud of you here. You had, you had a really, really solid weekend of cards, and that's nothing to sneeze at at all. Yeah, I mean, Gen, Gen Con's been pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I got second in sealed last year, even, even though I didn't make the cut yeah. and constructed. Uh, and then also Colin Coughlin managed to make the cut as well. Yes, he did. He was he was also X. Was Did he finish Swiss undefeated, or did he lose his last round? I think he was X1. Yeah, because I know he was five zero, and then I went and played my hero. <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe he was his X one going into top cut. Nice, nice. Yeah, he had a great weekend of cards. Um, 
before we before we talk about the good players, I actually I went I was three two lost in round six to Alejandro X two would X two was still fine. Um, I was because X two was getting really crowded in the last couple rounds, and it was a lot of really good players that were kind of right there on the cusp. Ended up losing to Alejandro in round six, and that was my third round. So I was out. Then I went and went to play my hero. That was that's pretty much. It. If I ever disappeared this weekend, it was because I was playing my hero Academia. Um, or the Resident Evil board game with Sam Tool, but th- that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. Which coming to you in 2020, the RVA Returners podcast. Stay tuned. But <laughs> but let's uh, let's Adam let's let's talk about you know we'll we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the champ in a second because we again we're saving the best for last. We're gonna let him sit on his throne, polish his belt there for a little bit. Um, Adam, let's talk about your deck choice. Let's talk about just how your matches went. And, you know, and it's just a good segue because I know you lost to Cody in top four. So yeah. Let's, let's talk about talk about the weekend, man. Constructed uh, first. Then tell us about uh, draft. Yeah, I mean, about two weeks ago, I had settled that I was probably going to play this deck when I started mm-hmm. testing it. And I, I think everybody knew coming in to expect oh, it yeah. and to be a good chunk of people that were playing it, or at least a good chunk of more the more seasoned players would be on it. Mm-hmm. Or like the people that didn't have their qualifi- qualifier that were trying to get it. Um, it's, it's as advertised. I think, I think a lot of people are, um, like quieting down about it because Cody won and I think Mm -hmm. Cody played really well, but I hope people don't really like ignore the fact that this was 30% of the field, 50% of top 16, 50% of top eight, 50% of top four, and then one half of the grand finals. So like, I don't, I don't think, (laughs) I don't think that that should be ignored. Um, I think Cody played very, very well and obviously made a good deck choice against the deck itself. Um, but I hope people don't like overlook the fact that I still think this deck's a pretty big problem, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like it's unbeatable, but I do think it's very not fun. And it does take some skill to play, for sure. Uh, I definitely had my fair share of some misplays for as well. Um, but it's like, I do think it's a bit of a problem. But that being said, like, uh, I started out the day 2-0. Uh, I won the first couple matches pretty easily. Then I went on stream against Virgil, uh, and he had a pretty bad hand. You can go back and watch that if you want. He ended the game on no backups. So. Uh, I believe it's listed on, under like the Law & Order SVU <laughs> YouTube yeah, was, channel. I felt kind of bad. It was bad. that bad. Yeah, like I played uh, Yuna Riku pretty early. He played Riku early, so I thought I was like going to have a long game. Then he played like Tycoon, and then... That was the last backup he played. I Vera tossed him. He ended up like, like when I went to Zidane, I think he broke my Fina and then casted a Fanfreight or something. I sacked my Veritas, forced him to sack his uh his Tycoon, and then I archered his Riku. So, dude, there was uh, a point when he had literally just Aerith Legend on the board, no other cards, and you had yeah. like seven or eight characters in play, and I was like. Yeah, this is... <laughs> he also made a misplay. It was kind of funny. Uh, it was like turn two or three. Uh, he drew, and I believe he had either eight or six cards in hand when he went to draw. I can't remember if he had a burst or something. It might have been I think it was six. And so he plays. He hard cast Porum from hand. And then when he plays her, he realizes he doesn't have any summons in his break. And I already knew that as soon as he played it, that he didn't have any summons. And so when he passes, he goes, oh, I messed up. And then as soon as that happened, like, I'm looking at my hand, I have two pains and a fan for it. And I already have Unariku, so I play the pain for free. Then I cast the fan for it, play the pain for free. He loses Porum, he gets no summon. 
and I'm able to like draw, and then I top deck Zidane and play Zidane off the pit, the untap <laughs> from the pain. So it, I think the game was probably over there, to be honest, but um, it, it went a little bit longer. Um, then after that, I actually, um, I think I dropped a match to Ken Bailey on Scions. It just seemed like he had like all the gas. Uh, I casted Fanfred, I believe, like eight times, like no lie. Uh, but he just had a forward every turn. He just kept playing forward, forward, forward. And, of course, they have haste, so that's kind of harder to deal with. Um, then I managed to come all the way back, and I, I going into my last round, uh, I'm trying to remember. I lost another game in between there. So going into my last round, I was X2, so I had to win. And I played against uh, Deshaun. I believe he's from Minnesota, like those guys with, like, uh, Jeremiah and all those guys. Um, really good player. He was also on Scion, so it was kind of scary. Uh, probably the best match I had all day. It wasn't streamed, but it came down to like the last card in his deck, and I was able to, on the stack, kill one Scion so that he was one short of his Yastola trigger, uh, which allowed me to, to deck him out and win the game. So nice. it was a really sick match, and then that went into top 16, um, where I played um, another Minnesota player, I think. His name was Adam. Uh, also, he was playing Fire Ice FFA. I think that matchup is pretty unwinnable, to be honest, especially looking at his deck list. I don't think he had a lot of good answers to the cards that I had. I literally just held Fina and Diabolos, and that was it. Didn't really have to do much. Just, yeah. just, just for the quick tangent, that's actually the deck I was on. and I had My, my wins were blowouts. The, the deck, it's an aggro deck, so obviously when, it, when you get to a certain point of the game, the reach that the deck has just doesn't exist. So, yeah, and I think I I I I do agree with you. I think Windwater just dumpsters that deck for pretty pretty much for free. Yeah, I felt bad because he came up to me after the the match and he was like, "What did I do wrong? Like, what could I have done better?" And I was like, "Man, uh, play a different deck, I guess, against mine." Like, because honestly, I just I I felt like mm -hmm. I didn't have to do much to win. It was like once he went remotely wide, it was like Fina, and then mm -hmm. if he ever tried to dull my board up with Squall Renoa. I would just let him dull my board. He had, I guess, like he had, in that matchup, he has to hold ways to answer my like my yeah. Fina and my Diabolos when I try to do those mm -hmm. plays, which Absolutely. is kind of tough for him because he. I don't think he was running like the only Shiva he had in the deck was the one you were running, which on mm -hmm. cast doesn't dull anything. Yep. So he can't even really. He doesn't even really have a great response well, to me Diabolos. And, and from what I understand, too, and again, this is just from Cody, because it's kind of funny just to kind of get another quick segue. Me and Cody actually play test tested that match like the night before. And, and Cody, how many times in a row did I beat you with the deck? Oh, man, you beat me. <laughs> I don't even know. Probably at least a good 10 times. You can't handle it. That was that night. Um, <laughs> but the, from what I understand, Cody, you said this guy wasn't running Kiros at all in the deck, right? I think I saw one Kiros. Okay. I'm not I sure the exact I, count. I, I know Cody a, played him too. Yeah, I think it was the same guy I played in round six, and I didn't see a Kiros come down. Okay. Um, he also played much less aggressive than you do, Chris. He uh, did. He did play less aggressive for sure. He, um, he actually played some backups. He did sage me turn one and then like played a Zell, but I didn't really feel remotely like under pressure. Like you could put me to two, that doesn't really matter much. And then if I just play Fina and kill your board. Yeah, yeah, like that—that's why. Like the way I played it was, I typically build two backups because you can play any card in that deck off of two backups. Then I like—I'd like to try to get Quistus down, then play Kiros behind the Quistus and start building from there. But, but yeah, I. But long story short, that deck just 
does fold up to Fina and Diabolos and reactivations and things like that. But yeah, and then after that, I uh, I think I played one of Cody's locals, Bradley, right? That's his name. Yeah, yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. Very interesting deck. Uh, He had some super interesting cards that you don't see very often in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, like I felt like I just had all the answers. To be honest, I felt like I drew very well, and then he also did like he had a game where he drew pretty bad. Uh, the the play that I remember um the most was I played a backup turn one pass. He played he played lock for four, uh, mm-hmm. pass back. So I'm like, okay, that he doesn't have a good hand. So I have Zidane. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I'll see what he has. So I play Zidane. I see he has two forwards and two summons. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'll take your forward. And then I played Mion. Then I replayed Zidane, took his other forward, and then mm-hmm. pitched the rest of my hand to play Veritas and kill his lock. And I was like, go. Ooh. So it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, at that point, like, I know what two summons he has. He had, like, a Mist Dragon. That's not doing anything for him at that point. Um, and then I, I don't even, I think it was a Hekka, like a 2CP Hekka. So, like, it, he was already so far behind at that yeah. point, just on turn three. Um, it was pretty rough. And then after that, I got to play Cody. And then I, the opposite happened. I got smashed <laughs> instead of me doing the smashing. So, but it was a good game. It was a good set overall, and that was on stream as well. So, absolutely, you, you, you hate that it has to come down to the boys there in top four. But you know what? You you know the matches are going to be good from start to finish. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Brad before. A real real nice guy. Oh, be Brad, real nice guy. Uh, he was actually my round one opponent, and he just didn't stand a chance. It was just his Sephiroth. He played Sephiroth early, and Sephiroth ter- stayed upside down pretty much the entire game. But. Uh, <laughs> But he got the top now, eight, though. So. He, did, he was so worried because when he found out I dropped after round six, he was like, no, you were my tiebreaker. He was he was kind of worried he wasn't going to make the cut. But I was like, dude, I, I'm pretty sure you're fine. But I want to begin my eight-page apology with how I think you're a wonderful person. And <laughs> I'll catch up with you later this weekend. But, you know, but overall, like, it sounds like you had a great weekend of cards, Adam. You were so close. You were right. You were so close you could taste it. Do we want to talk about the sealed or do you want to save that? Yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead, jump right into it. Constructive was sounds like it was really kind to you. Because I actually, I want to know your insight. I'm going to pick Cody's brain, too, when we get to him. How do you think this sealed event was, and what do you think of Opus 9 in a sealed? Because you got to do, um, and I know you didn't get, you didn't quite make top eight, but they did top eight. They actually did a draft after the sealed for their top eight, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, thank goodness. Now, tell me how... Tell me how sealed was since you, you know, you've got your hands on it in a competitive environment. Let let me know your thoughts. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this set as far as sealed is concerned. Mm-hmm. I really liked Opus Six a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like this falls pretty far short of that. Bahama Zero was everywhere. Everybody was casting mm-hmm. that and winning games. Uh, it was in my deck. Uh, the funniest thing was like after I registered my like the ones I registered were pretty decent. Like it wasn't like super great but it was like i looked at it and i was like yeah i could probably x2 with this and top uh and then mm-hmm. i go over and i see i'm getting like kyle mcginty's pile and i see his face and he is not happy to give me his pile of cards uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i looked i looked through um there was four porums a bahamut zero a big fan for it mm-hmm. uh every Chicago every headhunter was there uh, one of each mm-hmm. but i didn't play headhunters because i didn't have enough of the other colors um mm-hmm. It uh, it had the Earth Lightning Moogle. So I ended up playing Earth Lightning. Oh, it also had Wall and Maya, uh, which was pretty gross. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up playing like Earth Lightning Water. 
um, with one fire headhunter, uh, which it was okay. Uh, the only the only matches, well, so the, I did. I also played on stream that day too against Chris Neal. Uh, he has four forwards out. I have four forwards out. I'm at three or four, and he's at two, and I draw Bahamut zero, and I'm like, oh, I win. So I, and he even looks at me. He goes, if you have Bahamut zero, you win here, right? Like he says it verbally. So I tap yeah. four, I pitch, I play Bahamut zero, I break his uh, garland at Dola's board. Mm-hmm. First, first, I go to swing with Gogo, flips a bursted Ravis, Dola's my guy, and I'm like, oh, now I'm dead. Awesome. And so then, I, at that point, I I have to swing out because Maya is going to dull my last guy anyways because my other mm-hmm. attacker was a Marlboro, and I can't block mm-hmm. with that. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just put you to six, and uh, hope that <laughs> I get really lucky. And it didn't happen, and he ended up beating me the next turn, which felt kind of rough. So um, real quick, so y'all did full seven damage in for this limited event? No, no, six. He was at two. I had four forwards. Oh, okay. I thought you said you put him at six, and I was like, "Oh, wow!" So you won. Oh, my bad. I, I mean, yeah, I meant yeah, to yeah, yeah. put him at five. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I... Yeah, I, I put him at five, not six. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was no, at two. Okay. Um. Yeah, and and then after that, um, I won my next match and then lost two in a row, which put me out of contention. No. Okay. Uh, the the two the second the last game that I lost that put me out was against uh, one of the guys at the top eight. His name was Curtis, who I believe was also mm-hmm. from uh the same area as Deshaun and. And uh, Adam, the other Adam. Uh, so their area is looking pretty strong, actually. I'm kind of happy like that a lot of those guys traveled down and are playing. Uh, nice. But yeah, he, he crushed me. He played one backup, and he used that one backup on Kane. And uh, all of a sudden, I was staring down like five forwards, and they were all 8K plus, and Oof. I died. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, like I felt like my deck was really strong, but I couldn't handle that kind of play. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that happened to me, The two my other two losses other than Chris Neal that people just would play mm-hmm. forwards. And if I didn't immediately have, like, the fan for it to stop them, mm-hmm. uh, I just died, like, within two or three turns. So, and and then there's, just, there's not much removal. I, I didn't have any canes. I didn't have any gestals. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. That, that, so, kind of like what we've been talking about before, that I think just the lack of removal really makes this a, a really rough set for limited. It just feels like if you have big bodies and you just go, you can kind of go wide unanswered unless they have a Bahamut zero and they have to win on that turn. I felt like everybody had Bahamut zero. It, that's just what it felt like looking around me. Like I felt like everybody was just casting it to win games. I saw, yeah. I think I saw Alejandro play a game. It was Alejandro versus someone else and his opponent mm-hmm. cast Bahamut zero and goes to swing for game and, Bahamut, and uh, Alejandro goes, oh no, no, Bahamut zero to stop, to stop you. <laughs> wow. I was like, good lord, dude. <laughs> Jeez, that Even that just Shemba's sounds. Eyes. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody had it. I don't think you saw a lot of that. I feel like a lot of people were avoiding wind in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go, John. You crack the code. You <laughs> crack the counter code for sealed. Get this man a corner office. You're promoted. Your badge, your gun. <laughs> Have it back. Thank you. Wait, I lost my badge and gun. When did <laughs> wait? When did I lose my badge and my gun? Because you didn't go to Gen Con. That's oh, what. shit. Damn. All right. But but now it's back. Okay. Now it's all right. Back. Okay. All is forgiven. That's right. You, you were suspended with pay. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I'll take that. 
All right, now, 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 now let's 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 talk to the champ here, guys. We're we're in the presence. We're in the presence of you know greatness. All hell. So, so, so let's talk. Let's talk three on one with the great one, Cody. First of all, I'm, I'm gonna lead with yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be the the seven hundredth person to say it. Congratulations on an amazing weekend of cards. You uh you definitely played your ass off. You 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 were prepared. You knew what to do. Um, some last minute card choices. One specifically by Adam. Uh, definitely, uh, came in, came in handy there at the end. Um, but I know I speak for everyone in, on this cast that, you know, we're really, really glad that you're on the world's team. Um, I think you bring a re- really, really like just a, a good work ethic. You're, I think you gel well with everybody on there so far. I, I think you and Lord Byron create like kind of a wild card scenario. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. My hot take is you or him are going to be the best performing North American player. And I could easily see one of you either making top four or winning the whole thing. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh man. You got me, you got me blushing quite a bit here. Uh, oh man. I, I appreciate it all. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very yeah. excited to be part of the world's team. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, you earned it. Well, t- tell us what's got you there, man. T- talk to us about your, your weekend. Cause I know you played in both events as well. And I'll, I'll also want your opinion on, you know, limited, but let, let's talk about, let's talk about constructed first and just the amazing day that you had. Okay. So um, before we get into that, I just wanted to give a big shout out to everybody in our Airbnb. Um, mm-hmm. I think that has made me an infinitely better player just being mm-hmm. around you guys and all the meta potion guys and just getting to play against all you guys and then sit and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also the reason I definitely did not want to play Windwater because I feel like I was watching so many mirror matches in that, in like our kitchen that it just did not look like any fun. Um, but yeah, so just shout outs to you guys. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so start starting things off on constructed round one, I went up against Windwater. Uh, very expected. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> realized how good Snow was very quickly against, oh, yeah. that, against that matchup. I uh, was able to win that game. Round two, same thing, Windwater again. Uh, this one was not as close as the last one. Uh, won fairly quickly. Um, and then I believe round three I was on stream against Chris Neal. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was round three. Mm-hmm. He was on Fire Ice FF6. Uh, me and him had tested, I think we had only tested one game against it and one was pretty much all i needed uh and he crushed me <laughs> it was, was not very close i tried to slap down an orphan he instantly uh played emperor gestalt the following turn and i was dead shortly after um Oof. yeah so, so that was my first game on stream was a big loss uh <laughs> then round uh round four go back to Windwater again win that again so i'm feeling pretty good uh i was 3-0 against Windwater, which was like the boogeyman um so I was feeling pretty good. Uh, round five, I played Windwater yet again. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Won that. Uh, he had. A, I think that was against Eric Lamb. I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. I think he also went on to make. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he's from that, uh, near me. He's really good. Yeah, I played a mm-hmm. lot of Windwater, but I'm pretty sure it was him, and that was my final Windwater match of the day outside of Top Cut. Uh, unfortunately, he locked himself out of having Yuna. Uh, so he played Shinra as his fifth backup, searched the EX Pain, played the EX Pain, grabs the Yuna, discards Fanfred to play the Yuna. I'm like, hey, you're at six backups. And he, so he re-rewind. And then he 
discards the unit, taps another win back up to play the other pain. I'm like, you already have that pain out. So now I have I have his whole hand in my like I know what everything <laughs> in this hand is. Um which was pretty huge advantage. And then locking yourself out of Yuna. I know he he's probably beating himself up about it, uh, just because it's the one thing you cannot do. You can go to four win backups, but you have to have Yuna as the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to win that one. Rough. And then I went up against probably one of the most scary matchups, which was the Fire Ice FF8 deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you had grinded that match the night before against Mono Ice, and I think I lost every single game. Mm-hmm. And they weren't very close at all. Um, but luckily, the guy had—he was not as aggressive. He, I, I had—I didn't see Kiros at all the game, um, and I was able to cancel his four-drop Phoenix to bring back his Renoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess that's like the big point of my deck was canceling summons. So I played like the three Edward, four Celeste, uh, which was huge against like most of the Wind Water matchups, and then obviously the Fire Ice matchup. Yeah, and uh, it's, just... it's a blowout. Just another thing, too, back to the Fire Ice. I feel like another thing that made it unwinnable for, against me was I had two White Mages in my deck. And oh, so his, good. Phoenix, his Phoenix plays are even worse. So. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, round seven, uh, originally it was against Colin Coughlin, which I was pretty... I was actually worried about that matchup. Um, and then, of course, we got the repair. And then oh, the I second went... repair of the day, by the way. Really? Yeah, we had a, we yeah, had a repair round, round one. one. Yep. Yeah, round one and, and round you seven. know it's not a Final Fantasy tournament without a repair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I ended up getting repaired against Brad uh, on Ice Earth. Uh, me and Brad play every week at Locals. Um, so I felt pretty comfortable. It was very, there was no like pressure on the match. We were both pretty sure we were in top cut because we were both 5-1 mm-hmm. and one at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I won pretty cleanly. Uh, and top 16 was announced. I think I ended up third. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Adam might have been the one that came up to me and told me what I was playing against. Mm-hmm. It was either Adam or somebody else. Um, and they're like, oh, he's on Fire Ice FF6. And I was like, oh, well, it's been a good tournament, boys. I'm probably out after this. <laughs> uh, just because Chris Neal had just destroyed me on stream. Um, but yeah, I ended up winning that match 2-0 pretty quickly. Uh, my opponent was very aggressive, like play style-wise. Uh, he was a really nice guy. He was like aggressive in that sort of way. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I was able to capitalize. I was probably, I think I was the first top 16 match done. We were done in like 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I think they even said something like that because as we were watching, they're like, and Cody's already done. He's walking around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every time I, after my matches, I was usually try to walk by and give like the thumbs up or the thumbs down to the break zone guys. Um, you got to let them know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I was able to like kind of watch a little bit of the matches. Uh, I just expected I was going to go against Windwater. Um, and then they not- I see who I'm facing in top eight, and he's on Ice Earth, and I'm like, uh-oh. Like, I- by this point, I'm pretty comfortable against the Windwater matchup. So mm-hmm. going against Ice Earth that late, I was kind of worried. Um, I'm not sure. his name. Thomas is the guy's name. We played on stream. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he actually ran Duke Lard. I know they gave us the list for a minute. Um, but I didn't really get a chance to look over the backups too well. I noticed mm-hmm. he had Mist Dragon stuff like that. Uh, but not having Duke logged down in either of our games was pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like his Genesis is always going to be 7K, and I'm, I can match that with like a Sarah or like mm-hmm. another small forward that's not like not like I don't know. <laughs> just like all my stuff's going to be bigger than his. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I was able to win that 2-0, um, which brought us to top four, um, which was against Adam. Once again, we were on stream. Uh, I was pretty nervous about that matchup. Um, I think me and Adam were just both really excited. We had our all top four was our Airbnb guys. So it was like, mm -hmm. yeah. felt like a pretty good accomplishment. I know we're not all on like the same team, but we use the term teams like in this game very loosely. Like we're all really like, yeah, we're, we're all boys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I usually share my list like <laughs> to every oh, team. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And shout outs to Adam, of course, for telling me to put Sid Alstein in my deck. Um, fucking MVP. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't actually used Sid Alstein at all the whole day until I played Adam in our game two, I believe it was. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like And then he used it the last right. three games. He winks <laughs> at you as he plays it on the table, like yeah. <laughs> Well the funny thing was that the first game I played Yuno Riku turn one and Cody goes, Oh, I'll scoop. Because you know <laughs> typically that means you're probably dead. Dude, but I, I had typed no in the fun. chat like, "Let's go!" I was like, <laughs> yeah, "Oh my god, that, this was, is golden!" Well, that was the game where you, you, your next play was like Fina. naked Fina. It was <laughs> oh, just like, oh no, yeah. my next play was pass. Yeah, yeah, then, my pass. Play, then my play after that was Fina. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Oh, no. I, I believe, oh, if I remember right, my hand. Uh, so I played the Yuna uh, Riku, and my hand after that was Lena Yazmat. I think I pitched a Sura and another Yazmat. To play, <laughs> or no, no, I pitched a, I pitched a Lena and an Asura to play the Riku and the Yuna. So I left oh, myself with a Lena and a Yazmat, and then I draw two and I draw another Lena and <laughs> another Asura, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, pass, because I have no Pouriman break. And then I think mm. Cody goes to like four backups immediately, and then when it comes back to me, my next draw is like Yazmat Fina or something like that. So I'm like, Shit. I can either pitch like my whole hand and play Yasmat, or I could just play Fina, pitch two cards and reactivate my backups and do nothing. So I'm like, here's a 9k pass, and then yeah, it was it was all downhill from there. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the second your second turn and you just said pass, I was like, okay, I think I'm in the clear here. Um, mm -hmm. And, and then that's how you beat water. I think yeah, I think our second game is when the Sid Alstein came down um, yep. for the first time of the day. Yeah, I think he uh, killed Elena. Which I probably thanked Adam like <laughs> I don't know how many times after that. Um and then uh Yeah, so we moved on to the to the grand finals. I knew I was up against Kyle. Um because I know he had come over and he was uh spectating our match. Uh, which I was pretty nervous. Kyle's like one of the main dudes I look up to. Like probably before I even like knew who Okimoto was. Mm -hmm. I was I was seeing Kyle's list online. Um so he's like probably like my number one like idol that has now become like one of like my best friends um mm -hmm. so it's very like very cool very like surreal moment um to play him in the grand finals um once again against Windwater. um and he was the first one to play a Yasman down against me all day um i noticed some of the Windwater lists i don't know if they weren't running it or if they just didn't see it or if it was just discarded early um mm -hmm. all right Maybe Adam played one as well. Um, I didn't. I discarded them all. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so Kyle was the first one to actually slam one down against me. I had already had the Sid Alstein in hand, but he still had a card at that point in the game. So I had to draw a discard outlet. I drew Sarah, played Sarah, dump three, played Sid Alstein. And that was pretty much the game from there. Uh, and then our second game, I felt like it was going to be a lot closer. 
um, which it's also on stream, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. But he he slams down the Yazmat with no cards in hand, and I'm drawing it. <laughs> He's like, if you draw it, you got it. Mm. And I drew it, and I felt like I could feel like everybody's everybody's sitting like behind me, like Tim and RB and Craig. I feel like they could just I could hear their like jaws drop. And I just like start shaking my head like he's like, you drew it? I'm like, yeah, I drew it. And then mm. played it down. And... Oof. Yeah, because the funny thing was, I think you were playing like three vein or something at the time, like before. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then I was on three vein. It was a pretty unedited ice list. I usually don't change it that much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you should put it all state in for when they pitch their hand and play a yes, man. Yeah. But yeah, because <laughs> so. yeah, we had talked about how they were a lot of the Windwater decks these days aren't they don't have the draw power they used to. So there's no like Layla Viking. So I went with Adam's advice, threw in the Sid Alstein mm -hmm. as a one of, and pretty much punched my ticket to Worlds within Bison. <laughs> so, so, so what you're saying is, when you win Worlds, we're gonna get that full art Sid Alstein. Uh, it, it would definitely be in in the consideration for sure. It's gonna be a nice card. No, we already decided it's gonna be full art Duke Larg. No, it's Argath. <laughs> it's either Argath or Duke Larg. I think. Was the yeah. Yeah, some, it will be a light blue card. Uh, of course. If that, if that ever happens, you know. Um, but yeah, it was a very cool moment. Um, big shouts to you guys. Uh, I know Adam helped me re-sleeve in the car. Uh, <laughs> like my entire deck as we're Ubering to the turn. Oh, that's right. While y'all are doing that, I'm just sitting up there just talking, just <laughs> rambling on to the, to the Uber driver. We live in a world where people don't have headphones anymore, he says to the Uber driver. No, no. I was talking about people that smell at big conventions. Oh, no. That was that was the conversation. Because yeah. she was a sweet old bird. And we were just talking about people that stink at conventions. Because con stink is a very real thing. And it's, it's something that's very preventable. Hey, guys. Chris Adams here with the RVA Returners. Sponsored by Old Spice. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, big shout outs to Adam for helping me re-sleeve. And then Rice, I think I was I was making so many deck changes in the car ride over. Because we had cut Jill Nabot before we left, and then I added Jill Nabot back in. And like, I don't know, just filling out my deck list on the back of Virgil. Which <laughs> Jill? As we're in line to turn in. <laughs> um, mm -mm -mm. But yeah, big shout outs to all the Airbnb guys. Uh, and then obviously the Adam and Kyle. We went out and had mm -hmm. a pretty awesome dinner. Um, went ahead and just paid for their meals because uh, it just felt like the good thing to do, you know. Um, but yeah, we had a, went out and had a great meal, had a good celebration. And yeah, that was the end yeah, of the Constructed. Just, yeah, just a, just, a good, just a good day for you all across the board. And yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm mad I didn't join you guys for dinner that night, but also at the same time, I was having probably the greatest board game experience of my life with Sam Tool, his wife, and Irving. So... That's just, again a story for another podcast. But uh, you missed out on the Pope. The Pope dude, I, dude, that's what I dude, I've eaten so many dinners at the Pope table at Buca de Beppo. That exact table, what, dude. What as was that place as, called? It's Buca de Beppo. <laughs> what? Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. No. But when I first saw it, I, I kept calling it Bippity Boppity Boo until I learned the actual name of the restaurant. Is, is that like that Family Guy episode where Peter has the mustache and he's the talking Bippity to Bippity the Italian guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an Jeez. Italian like family style uh, restaurant. You gotta get the spicy but, chicken rigatoni. Actually, that was ordered. That yes! Was ordered. Yes! <laughs> it's my favorite meal. 
Yeah, Nikki hey, y'all, y'all, y'all doubled up on Italian, huh? Because we we went to that warehouse we full did. of spaghetti the night before. Well, it was the only place that would like accept a twenty-five person table. So, like, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Doubling up on the Italian food. I think we've all hey, put nothing on wrong good, with that. I think we put on a good ten pounds over two days. Uh, <laughs> I think, oh, dude. I think Oki walked into a PF Chags and asked them if they could see us, and they were like, "Yeah, we could get you at eleven <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we were like, okay, Ouch. I guess we're keeping walking. That PF Chang's is like super okay. You were way better off at Buka. <laughs> yeah, we actually we had Boopy or whatever. It's called. Yeah, Bippity Boppity Boo. <laughs> yeah, it Yikes. was a very nice place. Uh, it was cool because I know Joseph here, or Joe Hill. He had mentioned that when he was at Gen Con like ten years ago, that was the same restaurant he went to. So kind yeah. of a neat, neat little coincidence. Dude, they're in um, a bunch of like major cities, so. Like Columbus too. If you ever go to a con there, you can just go to one. It's like a great everybody go there after because they can sit like those crazy numbers of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I know before we jump into Cody's sealed experience, my my number one restaurant of the weekend was probably Kilroy's. Just getting those stuffed breadsticks and those pitchers of Long Island iced tea every night got infinitely <laughs> better when I started there. Dude, Kilroy's is great. <laughs> this yeah, is uh, a plus. The Long Islands, <laughs> the SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so the old SpongeBob SquarePants, those things, yeah. and so Chris, probably Chris, the worst your... bartender on planet Earth. <laughs> how was your she experience, ta- Chris? Dude, Chris? Dude, she talked like she was chewing her face. It was awful. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> she was dumber than shit, and I hate to say that. Good lord. <laughs> this has been a critical review of Kilroy's by the Arcade <laughs> Returners. That's right. That's right. Restaurant reviews by RVA returns. I, I give it three Moogles out of five. We're multifaceted, guys. We're expanding. <laughs> hey, that's how you stay relevant, baby. You gotta gotta dip your hands in all kinds of diversifying. Soup. That's right, Wu Tang <laughs> Financial. Right, so Cody, now we're now we're on, now we're at uh, we're at Saturday. Yep. Yeah, because it's so weird, right? Because the constructed event was Friday. Like I felt like everything happened super early in the event. So we get there Thursday. Constructed was Friday. Sealed event was Saturday. None of these events had a day two. It was all just we're, we're plowing through until we're done. So now, Cody, we heard Adam's take on sealed. Let's let's talk about your pool, how you think just sealed for Opus 9 is in general. And are you ready for Opus 10 if we're still continuing to do limited? Um. So I opened my the pool that I was going to register. It was terrible. Uh <laughs> No Bahamas nice. zero. Not not a lot of good cards. Um, so I was very happy to leave it behind. I get down to the pool that I'm actually going to be playing with. Uh, had a lot of cards I liked. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I had Nail and Fire. Um, mm-hmm. Only had like two or three Fire backups, which was kind of heartbreaking. So I ended up not even playing him. I almost almost audible to like an all-forwards deck, but I figured I couldn't get that. I couldn't pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I immediately picked up the Lightning stack. Look through it, saw no Bahamut zero. Um, from there, I pretty much knew I was not going to make top cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. Oh, like, no. Like, like an early perspective, I was like, Bahamut zero is the best card in the set by oh. far for sealed or limited or draft or however you want to word it. Um, but I still had quite a few good like removal spells. I had two Seek and one Emperor Gestal that did a lot for me um, throughout yeah. my play. Um, trying to remember what my actual record was uh i ended up playing like an, an earth lightning list and then 
the cards that I didn't have enough Earth Lightning for, I just threw in like the random EX burst draw cards. So like Sylph or Quistus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you saying, Adam? Though I was saying I know you played McGinty round one and they didn't stream it, and I was yeah. upset. Yeah, it was kind of we. I just figured we were at the stream table, and it turns out we're at like the very last table, like at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> like, yeah, like, well, you are, right. are in the catacombs. It was, it was like when you were playing that Yu-Gi-Oh tournament in the back room of your shop. Yeah, and I like, I established like a decent board that I can like probably win within the next two to three turns. And he's on what I had thought was fire, wind, earth, and then he just Bahamut zeroes me out of nowhere, and I'm like, oh, huh, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> Play him if you got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the last card I was expecting by far. Um, lost that one. Uh, I think I ended up winning the next two or three. And uh, I went up against Andrew Nelson on stream. Uh, Andrew's a really good player. He's from Minnesota. He, I, I know I played him at Nats last year. Uh, and then me and him had played in the draft at Kansas at the Crystal Cup and Top Cut this year. Uh, usually I can get him in constructed, um, but something about sealed and limited and draft, he just crushes me almost every time. Uh, <laughs> I was misplaying all over the place on stream. I guess I didn't really have anything that I was too busy or too worried about, being hmm. based after winning the day before. Well, yeah, you didn't give a shit. This this was just free time for you. Yeah. You're at a casual event. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought like I could block with Bagan, like for his full damage, like that Oof. would kill him, and then use his effect. And Tim's like, yeah, you can't do that. And Andrew's like, no, you can't do that. I was yeah, like, yeah, you can't do that from Tim. Your world, like, your world <laughs> team member doesn't read the FAQ. I'm like, <laughs> I guess I am like, I think I just lose you then. And he's like, he's like, you can take back the block. And when he says that, I look at my hand and I have a golem and an earth card. So I, I can golem pump my Bagan, block his guy, and kill his whole board. But then like at that point, I was like, there's like no honor in that. Like he just let me take this horrible misplay back and I'm not just going to like board wipe him and probably win the game before it. So I'm like, I'm just going to take the damage. Like, and he ends up beating me pretty cleanly after that. Um, but I just didn't want to be the guy that like caught on stream. Like guy lets me take a play back and I win the game because of it. Like, I don't know. Dude, he's got the Kageyama moves. He's holding those, uh, <laughs> holding lethal back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Somebody stop me. Yeah, like, I'm like, <laughs> it just would have felt, I would have felt awful. Like, if I would have just looked at my hand and been like, oh, wait, why don't I just do this instead? Like, do mm. it on block. Like, there's nothing to lose there. Like, I just Oh, didn't. how about I just win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he beat me. Uh, and then I pl- ended up playing, I think I was X2 at that point. So I was just going to keep playing uh, just for the sake of trying to help Kyle make it, really. And I played against one of the, a girl from Minnesota. And I don't even, I didn't even catch her name. She beat me within maybe four minutes. It was very quick. She played a Bakname or a Bakgami or however you say his name. The guy Bakname, that does. yeah. Yeah, and then she just kept slamming forwards every turn. Every time she was going to discard CP, I was like, please just be a backup. Like, just take one turn off. <laughs> like, And uh, it was a forward every time. And then I had finally established a decent board. And uh, from the top rope came Bahamut Zero once again. <laughs> I was like, that, that's Bahamut that's, Zero's music. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a quick six zero. No and one Craig, expects the Bahamut Inquisition. Yeah, that's and then right. Craig Dobson, like the head judge, he comes over to me and he just is so disappointed in me because uh, he, he we're we're teammates and stuff. So he's just like, "Wow, all right, well, you're done here." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and try." 
<laughs> From hero to Bahamut Zero. Oh, no. God, that's also a great name for an episode. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> do, do, Adam, do we remember any of the ones that we talked about at Gen Con, what we were going to name them? Uh, well, if Windwater had won, I feel like it was going to be Mill One, please. But Windwater yes. didn't win. So... I, I think from hero to Bahamut zero, a Cody Snodgrass story <laughs> sounds like the greatest name for an episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. But yeah, after that, I made my uh my trip down to Kilroy's and enjoyed <laughs> yes, a few, indeed enjoyed a few nights. ceremonial trip down to Kilroy's. <laughs> well, no, it's, it was actually really cool. Um, because when he got there, he was actually showing me his stream matches from constructed, and like, I, I actually wouldn't mind doing videos of that where we like dissect the videos because he was like going through each turn saying hey when he did this i kept this in hand and i kept going down to one because i knew the sephiroth was there because you know he was like getting the sephiroth with the branth was just such a huge tell it's just like going going through just all of the uh just all of the the different matches and also seeing a a, a random somebody p paying two CP for Gabranth on stream was pretty huge too. But uh, like it was really <laughs> yeah. cool, like sitting there dissecting his matches over an ice cold SpongeBob sp uh, SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good time. Uh, a lot of insight, even just watching myself. I know mm -hmm. I talked about a little bit with Adam. I think we mentioned it during our game, but there was one turn where I had I had snow in hand. I had four backups. I just didn't play the snow, and I swung with Celeste, and I like went to say Dole, and I'm like, wait, I didn't put this card on the field. I'm just yep. like, well, let's see what happens here. <laughs> um, but it wouldn't have mattered. Just, he, just go with it. I think Adam hit the Yasmat off the EX anyhow, so it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool just to go back and like watch some of my matches and dissect like mm -hmm. stuff like that. But but that's how you get better, right? Watching the uh, you know, watching the fight footage. That's that's how that's how you learn from your mistakes. But I mean, it it all worked out for you in the end because you uh you came out with that world's qualification after a monster monster day of cards. Like not only did you beat Wind Water, you beat it. I mean, what six times? Six of six of your what eight matches total were Wind Water? Um, four in Swiss, and then um two in the top cut so yeah like eight, eight total games yeah uh, that's i didn't actually, i didn't i didn't actually drop a game in top cut which i was very i was very pleased with myself after that yeah man dude you you were just on fire man it was it was just a just a great weekend overall and you know not not just were the tournaments great but the company we kept all weekend was great too you know i want to give a huge huge shout out as you know as cody mentioned before to everybody staying at the airbnb you know it was me, Adam, Chris Neal, his wife Nikki, Oki, Brian Berkeley, Kyle McGinty, Virgil. We had Irvin staying there with us. Um, just it was great. Did I did I miss anybody? We had uh, Angelica. Uh, Angelica. We had the whole gang there. Yeah, we had we had Team Mom like, there with us. Nikki and yeah, Angelica. <laughs> we had Team Mom with us. Nikki and Angelica holding it down, keeping the boys honest. But no, it, it was an absolute blast. Um, a lot of good games, just a lot of hanging out, a lot of good company. The uh, once again, you know, Irvin buying breakfast for the table. I, I guess that's a thing. Apparently, they were telling me that what, what, whenever Irving buys a meal for for a table, somebody at that table goes on to win the event. And yeah. apparently, that's still one hundred percent accurate. Well. Uh -huh. I don't know what was in the pancakes and the crepes we ate, but four of us were in top four. So that's yeah. what I'm saying, dude. Like, y'all just absolutely crushed it. <laughs> Blessed um, Irving. Yeah, and then dude, Oki but, but, winning the second event as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's huge. Like that was well, that breakfast was was pretty bomb. It was pretty pretty uh, solid. But yeah. just the whole weekend overall, like you know, yeah, my, my Final Fantasy play wasn't great, like I said, but I had my most fun game. Because like I said, I was three and two going into round six. I had to play against Alejandro, and I was like, "This sucks." Because whoever whoever loses this game is done for the day. Um, and if you if you could have been sitting there near the table, me and Alejandro were literally comp playing the game as if we were commentating it on stream. So we were just <laughs> like, "Oh, and Alejandro leads with uh, Yuna and Riku. What a what a fantastic play! What a great way to start." Of course, Alejandro being a just just really just going back and forth. And then, like, we're playing stuff. It's like, I'll tell you what, I'll shoot you an email. You let me know. how you, we, Like, just just <laughs> didn't shut up at all the entire time we were playing. But the play was still really clean. So if something got weird, we would, like, immediately, like, switch up into, hey, is this, this you know, we just kind of switch into, like, serious card mode. But he took it. He was on Windwater. He, uh, he like, fiended me twice and ended up wiping my board both times. And it was it was rough. But, you know. Overall, the tournaments were great. Like I said, just the weekend, I spent a lot of time just playing a bunch of games. Played in like every single My Hero Academia tournament they had. <laughs> um, made either top eight or top four in each of those tournaments. Uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. But it was a lot of fun. Just had it. Just I, I can't say enough about the weekend. The only downside was the weekend just wasn't long enough. But it was just good. Just a real good time. I mean. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to hang out again. It's 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 rough. It's it's rough when you get to see like you know like Cody said before. You know we're 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 all on different teams. You know there was two different teams staying in that house, but we all hang out and socialize and play test and share lists and listen to each other like we're all on the same team. You know it's it's just it's it's just, it's just great camaraderie. And you I couldn't have asked for a better group of people to stay with for the weekend and big shout outs to Cody, to you, man. Um, cause I had, I was either going to play Windwater or fire ice six. And like literally the night of, I just start going through your binders and like, Hey Cody, I'm going to borrow these cards and I'm just going to play this deck. <laughs> cause you, you dude, you're Chris you had a, Adams okay. audible. Dude, it oh, was yeah. a 2 a.m. audible. And here's the thing. I don't regret it at all. I just, I wish I would have had more reps with the deck before I played. Because the, the, I played a, a list, uh, FF8 list in locals the week before, but it was very, very different than the one I settled on. Um, but uh, Cody, I'm, I'm gonna rag on you for a second. So <laughs> he he has he has this, this this great like he has this suitcase and everything, and I'm thinking, oh well, that's clearly his luggage, his clothes for the weekend. Nope, it's like 22 Final Fantasy trading card binders. Every like, card. Yeah multiples like three foil three non-foil of pretty much every card and i'm like cody where are your clothes <laughs> did, yeah. did you pack clothes yeah it was two luggage cases of final fantasy cards and one one small case of clothes exactly it was a small duffel bag or a book bag for your clothes and you you have the expensive luggage for your cards oh yeah <laughs> um, but no man overall it was a great weekend john you, you missed you missed a great time you know I, I can't say enough about it. Um, if you never, if you've never been, you need to go. You need to go to Gen Con. Um, I do. I do want to touch on one more thing real quick. Um, and I know it, especially you know, Adam, being where you finished in the constructed event, it did kind of suck that there were no Nats invites to go along with the world's qualification. Um, I think that's a misplay. I hope next year. Um, maybe something else goes along with that, but also to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. if, 
to be fair, if they've if they're doing this this um like this number system that could lead to something else, maybe that won't be necessary moving forward. But I know Cody. I know you said you were pretty vocal, and it, it, it was kind of rough that there was nothing else other than a world's invite on the line here. Yeah, and, and I think we had uh, I had talked about it a little bit, actually quite a mm-hmm. bit. I usually Discord with Oki and Rice um mm-hmm. a few times throughout the week, and I think I had talked about it with Joe. We had Joe like Chocobo Joe in there, and it was me, mm-hmm. him, and Oki, and we had kind of like joked about like, oh, like what if you win, you'll be like the only world's player that can't go to nationals. It and turns the, out. Yeah, the meme becomes real. <laughs> sure as God's got sandals, Cody Snodgrass, the only <laughs> world's player without a Nats invite. Well, no, does no Lord Byron has one because they, they got those also for the other. Yeah, events. you get them both, yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. weird. And also too, how rude of me. Matt Rice was staying with us and I didn't even mention him. And he boy, he walked around in his underwear all the time. Talk about a thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man. It's the whole reason I won the tournament. There sure, it is. That's, sure in a room with is. that's the key. That's, that's how it gets done. The claw is the law. Yeah, that and Irving's championship breakfast. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> the Dude, secret but... recipe. It's a, It's like the uh, Space Jam one where they all have the secret stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cody just spirit bombed all the secret stuff from everybody in the house. <laughs> but it was <laughs> just a, just an absolute great time. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what, what's next for the season. I love how the North American Worlds team is shaping up. It's got nothing but just, like, just nothing but great personalities, nothing but great players so far. And it can only get better. Again, Cody, I, I can't congratulate you enough, and you know we're all definitely proud of you here on this cast. And you know, we anytime you ever want to be on, you are more than welcome because we're definitely going to want to have you on pre worlds and post worlds as well. So just buckle up for that. Oh, yeah, definitely, and I appreciate it, guys. Of course, oh, man. But yeah, yeah. But uh, otherwise, any uh, any parting thoughts for anybody this week? Because uh, it's, it's been it's been a good cast. It's been a good conversation with the boys. Uh, can't wait to see Cody play at the Dark Crystal Cup. <laughs> the Lone Wolf yeah, Qualifier. We'll, right. we'll all be there. We'll all be there. <laughs> fucking right. Jeez. Oh, man. Anybody, you guys can hit me up when the tickets go on sale. <laughs> exactly. Just, just asking, for <laughs> asking for a friend how much your Dark Crystal Cup tickets. There it is. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna sign up his, his Jody Blodgrass. <laughs> there it is. He'll have like the, sun, the the glasses with the nose and the mustache. Yeah, I have a pair. If you need to borrow, he does uh, have a pair. Actually, I might have to take you up on that offer. <laughs> All you have to do is cover your hair up with like a hat of some sort, and they won't know. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, we, we can get you on a hat too. Colin Coughlin's got the inside line on a nice hat for you. Oh, <laughs> That's another story but, uh, for another time as well. <laughs> indeed. But no, overall, great weekend, great coverage, um, great tournament. Just everything was perfect about this weekend. I can't wait to do it again. And that's all I've got for this week. Guys, uh, Cody, any shout-outs you want to give before we uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, just a shout-out to my team, Project Zodiac. Uh, those guys, they really helped me uh, with everything involved with this game. Uh, block like blocking for me at LQs, even though I don't win. Uh, just big shout outs to those guys, and then you guys, of course. I know we missed out on John being there, and like Steven and Curtis, and a few more of the mm-hmm. boys. Um, uh, but I hope to see him at the next event. 
Um, exactly. but yeah, guys, just thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Always, always welcome. But with that being said, guys, we will see you next week. And uh, just to kind of give a quick preview of next week, we're going to talk about what the game would look like if rotations were a thing. So speculate on that for a little bit, and we'll see you next week. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Toodles. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. Bye.